Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You may know our guest today as the iconic voice of Aladdin, or as the one true love of DJ Tanner, Steve Hale. We know him as the smartest man in the room who reads novels in French for fun. <laughs> Please welcome to the pod, actor, writer, producer, teenage heartthrob, and our dear friend, Scott Weinger. Yay! Hey! Hi, Scott! Scott! Hey! How you doing? Hello! Look at you! I, Hi! I look really far away, and you guys look much closer to the screen. Oh. Well, I thought it was away. just so that we could intentionally see all of the books behind you because you are such a smart man that you needed to make sure and show off all of your books, which I've are read probably all of these books twice. Right. <laughs> and and none of them are in English. Yeah, so, no, exactly. uh, most, yeah. <laughs> it does look like a Kubrick shot behind us. I did Bob's podcast and it's like same. I look like like a thousand yards away from the computer screen. It's really weird. It's like a big. Well, you do have a very tiny head, which people aren't aware people of. So now know. they know. People don't know. It's like, it's so small. It's like a special talent you should put on your resume. Tiny head. It's a shrunken head. Well, well you well, know. Yeah, we are. We're doing this entire episode as if um, uh, you're a hobbit. So it's actually all forced perspective. So aren't most, um, it works most out well. famous Great. movie stars have big heads, like most celebrities, like big are famous for having big heads. So if you have a small head, that's like a huge disadvantage, I feel like. And by big heads, we don't just mean egotistical. We do mean actual physically large heads. You know I don't have that. You know I'm humble. You are very humble. You really are. One one of the the most humble. That's one of the great things about me. It's one of the top 10 best qualities that I have. (laughs) One of your top 10 favorite things about you (laughs) is how humble you are. Is my humility. You're, you're channeling Bob right about now. I know, now. it's true, I am. I think because the last time I did one of these was probably with Bob in this room. Mm. And oh. 
And he was he made the comments about how the office and I was very sheepish about it because this used to be a lawyer's office. We bought the house from a lawyer. And I all right. oh, very lawyery. And you bought all the books with you? Yeah, they're all law. So in your spare time, you've become an expert in what? Real estate law? Yeah, Constitutional law. Like just, yeah, yeah. Tax, like, if you guys need any uh, <laughs> advice. Um, but I charge. We'll put you on retainer. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, perfect. So how are you guys? I, I We haven't done this in a long time. Just like hung out. No. No, we have. Well, the last time we saw you. Was in Tampa, right? At 90s Con. Oh, yeah. The it last wasn't time a, we were it wasn't together. at John's birthday party. It was at that. Oh. Went, or was it at? Yeah, it was in, ta- it was in September. Yeah, it was in, in yeah, Tampa. Because yeah, John's was birthday after. was before that. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Those things are, those conventions. The 90s Con? They're, they're fun. F- but super they are, fun. They're exhausting. Like, I'm, I'm sick for it's like a grind. two weeks after. For sure. It, well, it's, I mean, I, it's fun, like, going and meeting all the fans. I mean, they get so, we've been talking about it on the show, and we've, you know, with all of our interviews, and John and Dave and stuff talking about, like, just how our fans are so dedicated yeah. to the show and know everything about the show. Like, they, right. things that, I, that Andrea and I have, I, like, I have no clue about. Especially now that we're rewatching the show, I'm like, wow. Oh. They, they correct us on things all the time. Yeah, I get that. All the time. It's, like, it's funny. I feel very sheepish because sometimes they'll know so much more than I ever knew about the show, you know, and they remember every episode. And then every once in a while, someone will say something that I'm like, I'm not quite sure you're right about that, but let's just go with it. I don't like to. But sure. Right. But um, <laughs> but yeah, people, it's really cool. I always appreciate it. I'm never like annoyed. I'm never like when people are like, oh, my God, Steve. I never like. <laughs> I'm always very, I always get a kick out of it and I'm grateful for it and it's cool. But that's just your wife saying that, right? Like, so it makes it, yeah, you're like, it's true. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay, I mean. <laughs> in fact, that's how? how I married her. Uh, she won me in a contest. <laughs> wow. It was a celebrity bachelor. It was a bachelor, yeah. Yeah, it was a wrap. Fantastic. How, do, how does 90s con compare to all the Disney conventions that you do as you the know, voice I of Aladdin. I don't go to any like Disney specific like conventions. 90s con is a very specific thing, but the funny thing is okay. um, Aladdin came out in the 90s. And so mm-hmm. there's usually like, it all comes together. So it kind of counts for both. Yeah, You're exactly. Like, ah. So like I've been to, I guess, two of those 90s cons now. And, well, um, sometimes they have like uh, the voices from some of the like the movies around Jody Benson and yeah. things like well, that. The right? one that we just went to, it was like that. It was like it was really funny because I was wondering. I got like anxious before it. I was like, are they going to sit me with the Full House people or with the oh. Disney people? And I didn't know. And then they were so clever because I was the bridge. Like they had like all. Oh, like, you were like, the in between. And then like the whole Full House group. And then just to my left was, I think, Linda Larkin, who's the voice of Princess Jasmine and right. the Disney Aww. people on. So I was like right in the middle of it all, of the action. It was nice. That was good planning. It was yeah. very, it was, yeah, it was good. It was, yeah, it was pl- good planning on their part. Because the only other 90s con I went to was in right as the pandemic was starting to calm down. And we all went to mm. Hartford, Connecticut. I didn't make That's it. right. We did Hartford too. Yeah. yeah. And that was the first one, which was like crazy. There were so many people. I think there was a lot of yeah. stuff like excitement because of the pandemic, everybody just sitting at home. and Right, it was just good to be like out in the world again. Yeah, but none of my Aladdin yeah. people were at that one. That was just uh, us, us full house guys. Just uses. Mm-hmm. So speaking of, I mean, we're going back and rewatching the show from the beginning. So we haven't, we haven't gotten to Steve's arrival yet. Oh, interesting. Um, season five. You you started in season five, if I recall. Well, you know, correctly. yeah, I, there was one, I did one episode as Steve Peters. 
And I really, I never, what? I don't yeah. remember this. Well, you got you were so little. But do you remember the episode where DJ's going out on a date with Steve Peters from school? And but she's supposed to babysit for Michelle and Stephanie. So she oh. Michelle and Stephanie to the the uh, movie theater on the date. Right, and right, right, right. And Kimmy works at the movie theater. Yeah. Right, and, right. And she sneaks us in or something, exactly. doesn't she? Because it's like an R-rated movie or something. Right, it's an R-rated movie. Yeah. Right, right, right. And, and of then course, we get Steve trouble Peters cause... just is doing the whole yawning arms around, you know, like trying to oh, yeah. DJ. And, um, but the weird thing is I never, then the next year they said, would you mind coming back? Or would you be interested in coming back and being like a regular on the show and being DJ's boyfriend, Steve? And I was like, of course. And it never even occurred to me that... Then I came back and I was Steve Hale. It was a whole different Steve. But I think in the writer's minds, I was a totally different guy. Like the guy that she went on a date with, Steve Peters, is just another Steve. I don't know. We do it. We change names on this show. Yeah. Like the mannequins change outfits. You know, it's. it's, Well, in the Katsopolis, the Katsopolis name. Cochrane went to Katsopolis. Yeah. So oh, this yeah. is common. We change Yeah, we, we change, change names, names frequently. Yeah, we switch out true. actors that play characters and grandparents. It's I think you're probably the same, Steve. And they were like, just make it hail. Make not it hail. Well, you know, like, we had a writer yeah. on the show, Boyd Hale. And so that's why yes. did it. I think they were like, You're named name after Boyd? I think yeah. so, yeah. Oh, yeah. little baby Boyd. Yes. So Boyd little was probably Steve. like, Hey, I've been here five seasons. Right. I deserve to get I my name a, in on I one of the a characters. character named after me. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so I did one as Steve Peters and then another 50 or whatever as Steve huh. Hale. What was it like auditioning for the show? Do you remember actually auditioning you know, or it, like it was one of those it's funny like to say it, but I didn't really I didn't audition for it. I was working, I was already part of like the Miller Boyette sort of universe at that point. Okay. And so okay. the year before I came on, I did that one episode of Steve Peters. I was on this series for them called The Family Man. That was like uh-huh. supposed to be like a TGIF kind of show. But it right, was, right, right. But it was on CBS, which was weird. It wasn't part of the ABC TGIF. Uh, uh-huh. And we did 22 episodes of it. And, um, and it got canceled or it got picked up and then canceled again. It was like a very weird story. Right. But um. And then they asked me to come on and do that one episode as Steve Peters. And then the following year, um, they asked me to come on and be Steve Hale. Like, I never auditioned for it, um, which is always... Wow! That's the story of my life. I mean, not just, like, incredibly weird, lucky things happening to me with no effort, but... Also, but when I, when there's a, the stakes are high, like I suck at auditions. I'm really <laughs> Same, it, same. Really? I hate them. I can't picture you oh, being gosh, bad. Yeah. I, I can just imagine you being great at auditions. Both. No. You're both such no. pros. <laughs> Jody's like, eh. I actually, mi- I miss auditions though. Like going into a room. Cause like, I, I, I do miss really? being able to like talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That it. was the most fun part of the interview was like going in and actually talking to people and meeting people. Cause yeah, and then you then it just is, makes it that much more comfortable. Self tapes are awful. Oh well, yeah. Well, that that's you know, true. it's funny. I haven't been like a professional. I mean, except for coming back to do Fuller House, I haven't like been an actor for a long time. So I haven't gone on any auditions. Right. And it's true. Like um, the last time I went for an audition, you would get a call from your agent. They'd say, "Oh, you're going in for a right. thing," and then you'd have to drive to the agency and pick up the pick the pages sides, and then right. go, yeah, mm-hmm. and then drive to across town to whatever Paramount or Fox or wherever. Right. 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 And, for five minutes in the room and then leave feeling like they hate you. And it, it, I hate the audition. Process. I hate <laughs> yes. it. 
I mean, I really it's hard psychologically. It's hard auditioning. I hate auditioning. I was like, if you just give mm. me the part, I promise you, I'll do a really good job. But <laughs> <laughs> I always which is how it. you got, which is how you got Steve. I did not realize that. Yeah, that, that uh, I never auditioned for the. You know what? I think when I first met Tom Miller and Bob Boyette, um, who of course you guys know, but just for your audience, they were like the kings of the television in the eighties and nineties, right? Beyond. And, then seventies, uh, even yeah, literally. I mean, starting with even before like Laverne and Shirley and and uh, Happy Days and stuff, and Mork and Mitten, yeah, and and yeah. a million more. But um, they, I remember, I met with them, and they they really liked me. I was probably fourteen. I had just come to L.A., and they wanted to put me on a like a holding deal, where you right, you know, and I did have to read for them. I had to show them that I knew how to like say dialogue, and I was I'm sure I was like shaking like a leaf or whatever, but. I passed the test. <laughs> and um, so then they put me on like a, a holding deal and just said, and my mom was like, what? We just got here. Get, you know, and I remember my agent or manager or whoever at the time said, trust me, these are the, you know, these are the people. This is what you want. It's like, they're the mm-hmm. kings of television. And if they want you, if they want to put you in there, basically they would just pay you to just be available to them. To do it right holding yeah holding fees which i don't they don't do as much anymore now yeah, i don't they know just now, keep stringing yeah. you along and yeah yeah i think now yeah it's true <laughs> i don't know if they do that but like uh and then they put me on that show the family man and then then they put me on and then i did another pilot for them that didn't end up going or they recast all the kids with younger kids because it was um, and um and then i was i didn't know what i was going to do next and then full house came along and it was a really lucky lucky break it was really, it was, I mean, I couldn't have known how lucky, you know, I mean, it was just, I didn't know I'd be sitting here 30 something years later talking. About it. Mm. Exactly. Forever a part of the full and fuller house universe. I mean, yeah, you are, nice. you're Steve, I'm you Steve. are part of Steve yeah. like that's. Mm-hmm. It's funny because some people lose their minds, you know, like, and I mean, you know, like I remember I was walking my dog on the beach and this lady walked by and she did the double take. And then the like the the number of expletives that came out of her mouth when she realized that she just walked by Steve on the beach. You know, I mean, it happens every day, but that one was really funny because the sun was setting. It was so beautiful. She's like, She's oh, like oh, my God. Yeah. It's my moment with Steve Hale. Right. Yeah. It's, but it's nice, though. It's like people grew up with us. It's really cool. I get people all the time. People say they learned English watching Full House. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. you know, or Full House got them through a t- tough time in their life. You know, like my parents were splitting up and it was a really tough time at home and watching Full House made me feel better. You know what I mean? It's re- I'm sure you guys hear yeah. that 10 times more than I do. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah it's like com- it's comfort food for people, yeah. familiar for sure. faces and sure. relatable storylines. Yeah. And it's so weird how it's still so relevant today, you know? Um, yeah. So. I don't know if this is true, but like, cause I remember, I remember when I was a kid and like an old, like a Brady Bunch rerun would be on the outfit right. looked very weird to me. Like it was very seventies. Like you could tell that it was from a different era. And when right. you, you don't know, that could be a hundred years ago or 10 years ago, but you know, right. True. I watched full house today and a lot of the clothes and the fashion, I think, I think it might've gone away and came back. Cause I feel like nineties stuff is very in right. Nineties stuff is very in right now. Oh. It's things going like 30 year trends. Uh-huh. Right. Mm-hmm. So like when we were in the nineties, like remember that big resurgence of like bell bottoms and like sort of late sixties, seventies yeah. clothes. And my mom going, why is this popular again? Like this stuff looked ridiculous <laughs> when I was, a kid, you know, and now I say the same thing. Cause my kids are wearing like, they literally have, they have jeans called nineties cut jeans. Really? Oh, wow. 
Wow. Oh my God. And that same little baby doll shirts and this whole thing, Doc, Doc Martens. And, the, and yeah. I'm like, okay. oh my God, I'm finally old enough to see it become a trend again. And um, yeah. yeah, it is, it's definitely, it's definitely out there. But there are, I would, I would beg to differ and say that there are some pretty, oh yeah, pretty <laughs> terrible. If you outfits, go back to the eighties, uh, the eighties episode, you know the like. It, yeah, the early episodes yeah. are wow. But I see kids now, like <laughs> you said, in Doc Martens and like flannel shirts and ripped jeans, and I'm yeah, the nine, yeah, it's all yeah. back. That's funny that it's they call cool it nineties cut. And you know, we've but talked a lot about it too, about how not just the cast, but like our families also were such a big part of mm-hmm. the show, and your mom, the infamous Babs Weinger. Yeah. Infamous um, was such just such a lovely human and fit right in with our moms. Yeah. Our, your mom and my mom used to go to dinner because your younger brother Todd and I were in acting class yeah. together at the young and actors they space. at the young actors space yeah. and uh, they would drop us off like during the week. It would be oftentimes on like a Wednesday or a Tuesday or Wednesday, mm-hmm. so we were up there for rehearsal. And our moms would go to dinner and yeah. then come and pick us up after after acting class. I know. Well, you know, my mom. I remember your. I remember your mom. Uh, I think catching uh, Todd uh, and us all smoking in the back or something, and our moms were sitting in the car. <laughs> I, I believe that she was like, "He better not. He better not." And he did. She's like, "God damn it!" Like, <laughs> with the Brooklyn, the right. accent. With the, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. it's funny. It was very cool of you guys, you and your parents, to sort of accept us. Because when I came as on to Full House as a, reg, a series regular, and I think it was like season six, you guys were already very much a family. And I felt like I was the new guy. And then like immediately I, I felt like part of the family. And I know my mom, like my whole family felt that way too. And she loved yeah. hanging out oh, with yeah. your Todd, mom. Oh, yeah, Todd, Lauren, your sister. Yeah. God, I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're all, by the way, they all say hi. They're all, they're all doing great. Oh, tell Aww. them we send our love. Yeah. It's really nice. Oh, so wild. Yeah. I forget that you weren't in the early seasons because it feels like you were a part of the entire run of right. the show. Oh, you, you and Lori just both feel like you, it's been there since the beginning. Wait, I mean, Lori did, did come. When did Lori, Lori came on pretty early. We just we just watched her first episode, season two, episode two. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. She came in. Yeah, so she actually has been here since like almost the beginning. Okay, yeah, uh, so but yeah, you have there. always also felt like someone, you like you're just. Oh, thanks. You just always been with us. Yeah. Well, you know, we did, we, we were a very close knit bunch. I've worked on a lot of shows like um, as an actor and as a writer and stuff. And like there, uh, there are not many casts that sort of gel and sort of like on screen, but also behind the camera, like just as friends became so close, you know what I mean? Yeah. United. And like, I mean, I have to give Bob a lot of credit for that because he was always organizing hangouts for us. And Bob know. was the glue. Mm-hmm. He was the glue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But um, mm. I remember I I remember when you it, this was probably eighth season. This was around the end because I my mom was finally letting me go to dinner with everybody before tape night. And I was mm-hmm. like the youngest one that, you know, I finally got included in the, in the, Bang. with the, exactly, with like yeah. you and Candace and Andrea and then the adults. Mm-hmm. And we would go to dinner beforehand and it was usually like right over the hill from Warner Brothers. We'd go to Jerry's or we'd go somewhere. Uh-huh. And can you, by the way, can you imagine stage managers letting us do that now? Could you imagine? I know. 
That's crazy. Adam and, would never and get us Christians, back. they would have, they would, yeah, they wouldn't have gotten us back. Their heads would have exploded. Yeah. Like, I can't yes. imagine. And you know that we were probably never on time. We were probably always late. Oh, God. I, I remember no Becca, the stage manager, standing outside, like looking at the That's right. I do like, remember, like, you guys, like, let's go. Right. And we were like, hee. <laughs> but I remember you had, I think, maybe just gotten your car or something mm-hmm. and you were driving and Bob was driving or maybe it was Bob that had just gotten his car. He was, he got a new car and he was very excited about it. Oh yes. And all I remember is us like, and this is terrible, but you and Bob racing over the hill. Oh, oh my God. Jeez. Oh, up Barham a terrible over idea. the hill. Oh, right. God. I, I just remember. Yeah. And Bob listening to whatever it was, uh, probably Beck. You know, yeah, exactly. The funny thing right. is I was, and I just, was 16 years old. I don't know what his excuse was. I don't, well, that's the thing is like saying it now. You're like, uh, yeah, you, you were you were a kid. Yeah. Bob was an idiot. But Bob, no, right. no, but he was he was like a big kid. He always like related very much to like the young people on the show. And he would oh, really, yeah. he'd be like, You have to come in my car and listen to this, you know, which is funny. It's like oh, go in Bob, the car. I always say, Yeah. Bob, to this day, Bob had one of the biggest influences on my music growing yeah, up. And to this day, I can hear um certain songs and re- it reminds me of him. A hundred percent. Yeah. Mm. He was definitely mm. a big musical influence. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I'm sure every one of our listeners can attest that we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. And I carry around quite a few of them myself. I know when I bottle up my problems and emotions, it can start to have a negative effect in my day-to-day life. Therapy is my safe space where I can get things off my chest and figure out how to solve the things that are weighing me down. Seriously, therapy is an amazing tool to help you be the best version of yourself. And whether you're aiming to set new boundaries, something that is sometimes missing in our episodes, uh, (laughs) or learn positive coping skills, or learn to heal from trauma, therapy can help. With BetterHelp, all you need to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash HowRude today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash HowRude. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. So, but what I hear you saying is that we're your favorite cast, that you've worked on a lot of other shows, that you've done other things but nothing nothing compares nothing i don't even like nothing compares to you yeah us (laughs) no it's well i mean you guys are more than a cast i mean like we were family for real you know i mean Mm -hmm. i know it sounds like i mean the show's been off the air long enough that like 
we don't have any incentive to not tell the truth about this. Right. Yeah, exactly. If we really hated each other, we would have done it by now. Yeah. And when we do, (laughs) when we hang out together in public, people can see right away that it's a very close knit bunch, you know, that like we're, you know, and then, and then even when we go a long time without seeing each other, it's immediately we fall back into that. Yeah. Although I feel like you guys see each other yep. all you're doing this podcast and you're together all the time. Everybody is everybody hanging out without me? Is that what's going on? That's what's happening, <laughs> Scott. And uh I I'm so glad we brought you on this public forum to let you know that we've all been hanging out without you. Because well, um, we just we want to make you feel bad. Because you feel bad. I always I feel, feel bad. bad. I, feel I feel bad. bad. I feel bad. Wait, where did that come from? Where did where I, I feel bad come from? It was you and Bob. It was Bob. Well, you know why? Because I always felt bad. Like I thought. <laughs> <laughs> like I, well, I was tr- like, neurosis is. Uh, it does. It is your yeah, thing. I was like obsessed <laughs> with not wanting to hurt anybody's feelings ever or saying anything right. that might offend anybody. It's why you and Bob would all right. It's you and Bob got along really well because he also was like that, yeah. and then he would mm-hmm. eventually take something too far and then wind up texting you about it later. It's. Yeah, that's true. And then, and Bob, right? You'd be like, like, I'm sorry, I feel bad. I feel bad. And yeah, but he would give me a hard time over qualities that he himself that he was afraid he had. <laughs> so like, right. you know, like so he would always say, "Stop feeling bad all the time. You're always feeling bad. Just live your life. Stop feeling bad." I'm like, hot kettle, you know, <laughs> right? Yes. Mm-hmm. But, exactly. But yeah, it's true. Yeah, Bob would. Yeah, one of us would always like we'd hang out, and then I'd be like at three in the morning. I'm really sorry about that thing I said. I hope he's like, "Don't be. You're an idiot." And then he would do it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we we had a very <laughs> funny relationship because uh, he was 20 years older than me, but we were like, I guess like brothers, you know, like he was like yeah. a big brother. So do you feel bad about leaving Full House in season eight to go to Harvard, which I don't know why. I feel so bad that about that. What was I thinking? You feel so bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, God. It, Getting an education. What? <laughs> it was, it was funny because uh, I remember, you know, when I came on to the show, for that first season as a series regular, I was still in high school. I was a, ser- a, a senior in high school. And then I got into college. And then, you know, in those days, you would just mail them back a postcard saying, yes, I'm coming, but next year. And so I oh. sent them the postcard. So def- I deferred a year. If you skip, if I think then you would have to reapply, which I was. Like, yeah, you can defer well. a year on an exception or on being accepted. You yeah. can then say, I'll come next year. But more than that, then you have to go through. the whole uh, Yeah, and I wasn't prepared to do that. It was stressful enough. And I felt like I won the lottery and got into the school. I'm not going to try, you know, take a chance. Right. And so and, you know, and also I didn't want to be like way older than my classmates and stuff. You know, I was right. young. You know, when I got True. there a year late, I was like one of the I was I was one of the youngest kids in my class anyway. So. It felt like I was totally, but you know, right. And, um, but I remember having to take a meeting with everybody and explain that, you know, as much as I loved the show and was so happy, I wanted to leave for college and they were cool. You know, I mean, I yeah. feel like, um, they were not like, great, get out of here, you know, but I feel like it was a good opportunity <laughs> for them to have DJ date other people and stories and stuff. Right. And they were also like our producers were also always so supportive of education, of yes. making sure that like our school life really was a priority and came first. So like, for sure. I'm sure that that was also part of it too. Yeah. And yeah, you, dude, you were going to Harvard. Like, it's not like you were like, Hey, I'm going to go to, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, they were so yeah. gracious about kind it. Of a big and, deal. You know, the funny thing is some people were like, what are you thinking? Like you have this, like you won the lottery. You're like an actor on a hit show. Why on God's earth would you walk away from that? You know what I mean? And, uh, and then other people said the exact opposite. Like, you're doing the right thing. You know, you don't want to be one of those Hollywood kids or whatever. And uh, 
And there were times, and I don't regret it at all. I mean, it, it was an amazing experience and I would do it again a hundred times, you know, like exactly the way I did it. But like, there were definitely times where I, when I was in college and I felt like the show was still going on and I missed you guys and I missed my life out in LA. You know, there were definitely times where I was like, what was I thinking? But um, <laughs> in, in the aggregate, I was glad I made the decision. Did you feel like a normal college student or did you feel like a famous person at Harvard? Like how did the other students respond to you when you A little bit of you both, you know, Harvard? like I tried to just sort of, um, you know, it was pre-social media and pre, you know, not pre-internet, right. I'm not True. that old, but it was like, but it was definitely pre all, you but know. But close, yeah, but I close. Know, no, <laughs> the internet was, I mean, made I, a weird noise when you started it and you had to make sure nobody else was on the phone yeah, in your house. When I first so it was started, not like it is today. Yeah, you didn't have to dial in, but like when I was a freshman in college, they had wired all the buildings for ethernet like for for right right you could plug it in but it wasn't in the walls like they had all these it looked like when you look at like pictures of like the 19th century like telegraph wires and stuff there were right 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 it was just everywhere yeah Uh, it was the beginning (laughs) but uh but i definitely felt like i don't know like i tried really hard to be i remember they wanted entertainment tonight i think wanted me to carry my my agent or somebody called and said they want to know if you would take a a video camera, just sort of videotape your life. They could do segments on what's it like to be a kid actor going off to college. And I was like, that's literally the opposite of what I want to do. You know what I mean? Like, that, right. nothing could draw more attention. And um, <laughs> right. but in retrospect, I, would, I mean, now it would be it would be like totally be fine because everyone yeah. walks around with a video camera filming themselves it's and talking true. about what they're doing. Yeah, but yeah, I shouldn't have been. I mean, so or you could have been the, the original influencer, Scott. You could have been. I could have been. I well, you know, you I been. Been. I was still part of like I still had like Hollywoodish kind of jobs like when I, I was doing right. that I was I was like a um, correspondent for Good Morning America at the time like I was their youth correspondent so like oh, cool. I would go off and do stories I would like leave for a couple of days and go do a story and then go to New York and like present oh that's cool that was very cool so that I mean I definitely was still had a foot in like show business a little bit but I was very conscious about. I don't know. It sort of backfired anyway. Like, I don't know why I tried so hard to be like normal. I was very like obsessed with my privacy. You know what I mean? And and I think mm-hmm. that kind of comes at that age, though. It's like because I think we all kind of went through that. We were like, oh, my God. And it's you know, it's the teenager. Like you just I just want to be like everybody else. I just don't want to stand mm-hmm. out. I just want to be like normal. Yeah. Until but, everyone realizes that none of us are. And, you know, but that doesn't exactly happen right. until you're old. I think I was so right. obsessed <laughs> with being normal and private that I was like, too- right normal and too private. And I sort of like screwed myself out of a little bit of the experience of like college a little bit, you know what I mean? But, uh, uh, mm-hmm. but it was great. It was, I mean, you know, I definitely, there's certain things I would do differently, but for the most part, I yeah, nailed it. <laughs> for the most part. Awesome. 10 <laughs> Were you still 10. doing Highly Aladdin? Were you recording Aladdin yeah. voices? Well, at you know, this time? It was so funny because it was like a process because, you know, like, you know, what we're talking about, it's like pre nowadays you could record it from your, you know, you could go in the bathroom and put up some, right. But uh, uh, in th- at first they would fly me to L.A. sometimes to do recording sessions. And then they oh, would wow. fly me to they were like, this is too much traveling for you. And then we found a studio in New York where I would just go to where the New York actors would go, which was fun. Mm-hmm. I would like take the Delta shuttle. That was such an easy flight. And in those days, there was right. much security. So like I could get in a cab. Right. You just pop on and pop. Yeah, it's yeah easy. literally like if it was the Delta shuttle was like every hour or every half hour or whatever. I could get there at like 7.15 to catch a 7.30 shuttle to New York. And it was yeah. crazy. But then eventually they found a studio in New York, in Boston. And um, oh. we, I would just go, you know, take the subway into I think right. Copley Square and just do, you know, do it there. 
So they were very cool about trying to make, but wherever I go in the world, they always would find me to do a session, you know, like um, even when I did a semester abroad in Paris, um, they found me. My agent left me a message at home. They found you. They found yeah. me. Wow. Yeah. And then a car came and picked me up and took me to a recording studio, like somewhere in on this outside of Paris. And I recorded there, you know, it was very cool. Wow. Yeah. You, you can't get away from them. I know. Just, right? Yeah, right. I mean, they wherever. had your permission before the car pulled up and get, it wasn't yeah, like it wasn't you were kidnapped like, yeah, and sent like to a studio to go record Aladdin under duress and then come back. Okay, got it. Got it. Just making that clear. Yeah. <laughs> I was just walking down the street in Paris and this car pulled up and get in. Get in pulled me inside and told me to be Aladdin. <laughs> what was your audition like? For Aladdin, like, was it cutthroat? Were you up against a lot of other Well, you know, I was guys? very lucky. Like I said, I suck at auditions because I get so nervous. You know, I get so in my own head. And I was, I started auditioning for Aladdin when I was doing that show before Full House, The Family Man. And my yeah. mom, because I was still a kid, I was 15 or 14. My mom said, um, you have an audition after work today. And I was like, what's it for? She said, it's like some cartoon. It's like a cartoon audition, <laughs> which I had never gone on an audition for a cartoon. And so- I remember we went and there was like a, a music stand with the dial, you know, and they showed me right. pictures. They were like, he looks like this. And he basically just looked like a kid my age, basically. I was like, okay, I think I could do that. And that was it. I mean, I just, um, you know, the only interesting thing about that, about that audition process was the singing part, you know, because people, some people know, some people don't know. And I don't bother. I don't know why I'm bringing it up, but I'm not the singing voice of Aladdin. As you oh, guys okay. know. I didn't know that. But yeah. I had learned... Yes. I was smart enough to know because I started auditioning for things when I was like eight or whatever. And I knew if you, if they ask you if you can do a thing, if you have a certain skill. Yes, you yes. can. Yeah. But, oh, like juggle <laughs> fire? Yeah, I could totally juggle fire. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, I've been doing it since I was a child, really. Because if they, if, if they like you enough, they'll, they'll get you a fire juggling. Right, but know? they'll figure it out. Right. <laughs> so they were like, that was a great audition. Can you sing? And I was like, oh my God, of course I could sing. And they were great. And they, said, and they gave me I, cheap I, music and a tape and everything. Um, oh no! And I tried. I you know. Oh, I thought they, I thought you they gave you sheet music and like an accompanist, and we're like, okay, you ready? No, well, it, <laughs> what, they, it, they, they gave me time. So like I had time to prepare. Like I worked with a music right. coach and like practice. I tried so hard, oh. but I had no training. Um, and I yeah. couldn't. I you know, I just I tanked it really badly. And um, but it was one of those things where I felt like it was a triumph in the sense that I like put my. Like I just sucked it up and I did a thing that I knew I couldn't do. And I just went for it. Yeah. And I just assumed it was over. But then a few months later, they called me again and they wanted, you know, I think they, at that point, they were like, this is our guy. So we have to figure this out. Like we have to end. Right. And they mm. found um, a guy named Brad Kane, who was also a kid actor, who was, um, had a stunning voice and sort of made it sound like mine. You know, in terms of like, you know, like I could go from speaking to him singing and people couldn't really tell. That right, right. You guys I, have the same sort of tonal quality. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so to this day, um, when people say, oh, my God, you have such a beautiful voice. And I just say, Thank you. oh, I don't know. <laughs> It takes too much energy to be like, well, actually. Right, well, actually. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. You're like, Thanks. Just take the compliment. Exactly. Take the right. win. Take, take it, write it down, email it to Brad, let him know. Exactly. Or, you know, Brad, it's like, hey, somebody he, said thank you today. He's, um, um, he's yeah. a very um, uh, talented guy. He's this very successful television writer and producer. Like, we, 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 we did the same profession as adults, too. I was going to say, yeah, you wow. guys both wound yes. up being writers. So our paths cross from time to time, you know, in professionally and stuff. But, uh and then I see him at all this Aladdin stuff, you know, D23 kind of thing. Right. So, but yeah, mm -hmm. he's a great guy. 
I have yet mm-hmm. to go to a D23 and I really want to go because I fun. grew up at Disneyland. I love Disneyland. I love, I mean, I'm not, you know, John level, but, but yeah. well, nobody's John I, level. I, I'm a big, I'm a big, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, um, I mean, he, I mean, he and his wife, they like go and put on costumes. Like they're crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. They go cosplay. It's the whole, yeah. uh, the whole thing. They're, uh, or, what is it, Disney bounding. That's what it's that, called. Disney really? that's what it's called. Where you put on that's a, yeah. There's a whole, where you, you dress inspired by, but not, in costume as oh, okay. so like if you it's like inspired by bell and maybe it's like a little like similar colors and style something like that but i think anyway. i think disney is a really good and healthy thing to be obsessed with like i think you know like people come up to me all the time and they'll be like covered in disney tattoos and things like that you know they'll have an aladdin or a princess jasmine on their arm or like a bunch of characters mm. and I think it's in terms of like obsessions, it seems it's healthy. I mean, I'm sure like anything I, else you can cross a line with it, but. Yeah. I mean, you know, to each their own. Yeah. I mean, there's people out there that have our signatures tattooed on them, which is actually kind of weird. That's true. Cool. Yeah. I remember yeah. signing that. At 90s right. con, I, I, I um, signed that. I signed how rude and uh, someone got it. And she got I remember a girl came to our taping and I signed her leg and then she came back and it was there. Yeah. It was permanent. Yeah. Wow. But, um, I, wow. you know, I appreciate it. I think that people, you know, with Full House and Disney, it's kind of the same thing and that people grew up with it and people right. feel like it's a close. You tap to into that nostalgia. Yeah. And it brings them back mm-hmm. to their childhood and everything. It's really sweet. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks. Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I need to get away and pack up the car and break free to embark on an adventurous weekend. What do you say, AB? Will you, uh, will you come with me? Well, how will we get there? Jody Sweeten. Well, may I suggest the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Oh, I have seen this car. It is stunning. Right? I am loving the new Hyundais. And the features make it the perfect vehicle to pack up the family and get away. There's available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, which is perfect when you have two kids who both want to stare at their phones rather than talk to you. I speak Mm. from experience. (laughs) Relatable. The Santa Fe's entire existence is to make sure it can take you on any adventure, stress-free and ready to relax. Ooh, what do you say, Andrea? How about we like, you know, time travel isn't real, but what if we like take it back to the uh, the late 80s and go on a phone-free weekend somewhere? Oh, yes. Let's go. Let's go to Joshua Tree. <gasps> Where there's not even cell there's cell, no- cell phone service, perfect. We let's go on a let's go on a little weekend trip somewhere. Yeah. Out, we'll make we'll make it like it's 1988. No yes. phones, no nothing. I'm gonna braid my hair into a rat tail and <laughs> bring a guitar to sing like a ripper. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna put my hair up in a scrunchie with my with perm my permed hair, Ugh. and uh, head on out in in the Hyundai. So if you want to just escape your house filled with kids or your sister's widowed husband and your jingle writing partner, just go up to the snow and sing acapella with your Ripper's bandmates. This is the car to do it. Well, that is if you don't already own a motorcycle and maybe have a helmet. (laughs) Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. 
When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Now, you, you did bring up that you went into writing as an adult. What? How did that transition happen for you? Was that something that happened while you were at Harvard? Was it something that happened like after that? Or what Like what made you decide to go? No. I mean, other than the fact that you hate auditioning, what made you decide to go <laughs> into really writing? It. Well, you know, it, it is funny. Like it's such because being a TV writer is such like a precarious like it's like it's pretty much up there with trying to be an actor in terms of like job. Right. Right. It's right. You have a job. You don't have a job. You have a great job. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it is an amazing job. Like it's sort of like acting where the hard, the, the, the sucky part of it is trying to get the job. And then when you have it, it's pretty much always great. You know, even, even if they're, you know, like there's, you know, sometimes like there's like not perfect scenarios where maybe the hours are really bad or there's somebody in the room who's really mean or whatever. Right or you're constantly getting terrible notes and having to rewrite the thing a million times. And, uh, um, but generally speaking, it's a really fun job. It's a great job. And I didn't appreciate it. Like when we were kids and the writers would show up for run throughs and table reads and they're like, right. They looked like such schlubs and they would laugh way too hard at all <laughs> they, the jokes. And I could, cause they're delirious from being up now. for 18 hours. I'm, I'm part of their, their, you know, group now. Yeah. Like they just looked really tired. <laughs> and exhausted and over it and yeah, yeah they were laughing because they were just punchy and yeah and yeah. they were cool i liked talking to them like they i liked their vibe like i liked hanging yeah with them, but i was never like so what i never was like curious about the profession really like about i didn't occur to me that i would ever try to pursue that and by the way it's a big bummer because harvard is like a feeder for tv writers you know for you know if you, mm-hmm. you want to be a comedy writer the smartest thing you can do is go to harvard and join the harvard lampoon which sort of right i was gonna say yeah, yeah and i it never even occurred to me to try like i just was not you know i don't know what i thought but i just didn't just wasn't in your yeah, it, it wasn't in your it wasn't until thing it, it, you know the funny thing is it was really like I had been out of college maybe for a couple of years already before I decided like, maybe that would be a fun thing. Like I, I think I had become friendly with some TV writers and I'd heard more about the job and the sort of lifestyle of it. And so I started writing specs, which is what in those days, what you would have to do. So like I wrote an episode of scrubs. I wrote an episode of the King of Queens, you know, like I, I went in those days, what you had to do is I would go to the, um, the library at the museum of television and radio, which I don't think it's there anymore. But and also the writers, I think, I, I think it. I think there. It's not where, at that location anymore. Oh, maybe but it yeah, is, maybe it, it exists still, somewhere like, else. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and you could go and you could check out scripts and and you can watch all the episodes. You know, it was pre Netflix or right. whatever. You know. Well, now it's all online. Yeah, but. exactly. <laughs> now you could just sit there in your pajamas and do it. You know, life is so much easier. Right. People don't know how. I mean, <laughs> but it, there was something nice about it too, having to like put on clothes right. and go somewhere. But um. So I I would watch all the King of Queens episodes and try to like learn the show and learn, you know, it was really about matching yeah. voices. You know, they wanted to see 
even if you weren't up for a job on that show, they just wanted to see that you can write somebody else's voice, you know, somebody else's right. show. And nowadays it's not really done like that. I don't think aspiring television writers write specs of existing shows. Now you want to like write an original pilot that makes a splash and gets a lot of attention and all that. Right. Which uh, probably isn't as good. Which is impossible to sell because you've never done anything. So nobody pays attention. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, there is, you know, a lot of times, you know, something will break through and then they'll hire somebody, you know, they'll, they'll pick up a show True. with somebody who's never worked in television before. And then that's True. its own kind of disaster. But, you know, but then they hire, right. they'll usually hire like an experienced showrunner to help supervise right. them or co-run it with them or whatever. But you worked on the Muppets, though, and I need to know everything about it. I am probably as big of a Muppet fan as I am a, of a Disney fan. Oh, wow. I, I didn't know that. Uh, oh, yeah. I love the Muppets. That was amazing. Uh, that was like that was such a fun job. You know, I did that around the time we were starting on Fuller House when Fuller House. I remember part. that. Oh, yeah. Like, how did you did, I mean, did you write a, a, a no, spec Muppet well, script? Know, what I don't, what is, did you. You know, it, 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 they they had hired um, a woman named Kristen Newman to come on and run that show. And I had right. worked with her on a couple of shows already. We had worked together okay. on the show The Neighbors for ABC. And we had worked on this show Gallivant, which was a really wonderful, it was a musical for ABC. And uh -huh. and she reached out and asked if I would be interested in coming on and working with her on that. And uh, and so, and it was amazing. It was one of those lucky gigs that just sort of fell out of the sky. And, uh, um, and it was amazing because... The writing process was very much just like writing a regular show. You know, it was it was sort of like right. Muppet, just... that show. It was like a workplace comedy about Muppets. Right. But the, about, oh. right. You didn't really appreciate how crazy it was until you went to the set and the whole set is six feet off the ground. It's right. Yeah. I I've watched oh, all wow. the like documentaries about the Muppets and Sesame Street and Jim Henson and stuff. You know, I, if like, I had known that you had this obsession, I would have invited you to come down and visit the set and everything. It was uh, really cool. I would I would have died. Yeah, I like I remember being a kid and like watching Jim Henson's funeral and Big Bird uh, and sobbing. Like I love Dark Crystal, oh, man. Labyrinth, all of, like I'm a big Henson Muppets fan. Um, and the Muppet Christmas Carol is the best Christmas Carol of all time. I will fight someone over I that. love, you know, I was always a huge fan of the Muppets and like that was, it was a really, that was an amazing job that, you know, just like being on the set with those and those, the, pup, they're, you know, the voice actors and they're, you know, they're not just- So actors, talented. They're, they're puppeteers. They like, it's a skill set that I don't know where they got it. I guess they learned it from doing it or something, but it's amazing. Yeah. And everybody loves the Muppets. So like if we ever wanted a big guest star, like we did an episode with um, Jack White came on. Like we always just like, whatever. Yeah. I know because the Muppets are there. You can get anybody. You can get any. Anybody will be like, yes, for Kermit, I do anything. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. People, you know, and um, I, I remember Jack White from, you know, from the White Stripes, you know, he came yeah, to yeah. this episode. And then at the end, he sort of gave the speech, like, to the crew, to the, you know, and about what right. it meant to him to do this episode, you know, like, and, like, how he respected everybody so much as artists. And it was really cool. Yeah. Aww. But they're amazing. I mean, what they can do is, is really, that was so fun. I wish, you know, I ended up writing the season finale, co-writing the season finale of that show. Was, but oh yeah, unfortunately, it turned out to be the series finale. I was going to say it was, Aww. yeah, and then, then when yeah. I was like, there wasn't. I, I killed the show, basically. No, but I. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> I, you know, it was a you really, it was a very, like, tough needle to thread that show because they wanted it to be kind of a dry work, like, like The Office kind of. But right. Muppets, and I just, I just think that, like, maybe with a little more time, I mean, I thought that it really found its groove by the end. It was really, Kristen did right. an amazing job running that show, and she really, like 
figured out. I mean, it was just wonderful, but you know, it just wasn't meant to be. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the the watching the Muppets as a kid, and the Muppet even the the original Muppet Show was sort of dry, humored, and kind. You know, if you watch it, like it was definitely not kids' entertainment necessarily. Yeah, it's true. But, um, it's true. Well, Fanaritos, we had so much fun speaking with Scott, so we are going to finish up with him in part two of his interview, so make sure and check that out. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, make sure and follow at HowRudePodcast. You can also email us your questions, your comments, anything you want to hear about, what you're loving about the show. Uh, you can email us at HowRudePodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and make sure you're liking and subscribing to the podcast wherever you're listening so that uh, you can keep getting those new episodes right when they drop. And and uh, in the meantime, thank you so much for joining us on another fabulous episode of how can I say I can say that we did a fabulous episode. We, I, that's of yeah. course. OK, we did do a, fabu- we did do a fabulous, fabulous episode, episode. Uh, and uh, we will see you next week. And remember, the world is small, but the house is full. It only took you a season and a few episodes to get that right. Don't worry. There's <laughs> now, still a couple more rolling. to do today. I've, there's the chances are I'll screw it up somewhere. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's better, H-E-L-P, Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.